Hey, welcome everybody to Martinis with Scott. This is a test show. I'm trying the live stream feature on YouTube. Cheers, by the way. I'm sorry I'm late today. <clears throat> so as far as I know, I'm live streaming. I, I know that the visual quality uh, is not as good as the um, as as when we're using the iPad. I can only do this, by the way, on on the computer, which has got a crappy webcam. So um, anyways, I just want to check this out. I'm sure the sound's not as good because I haven't linked into my headphones, but I want to see if it works and and whether this is something that we ought to be doing in the future. I see somebody joined us, so how do I find out who that was? It doesn't tell me. Leave me a comment, whoever just joined. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm going to do – I haven't prepared for this, but I just want to talk about something that I was listening to this morning that I think is, is relevant to the Martinis with Scott uh, – audience where we're talking about winning momentum in life and in business, how we think, how we become a leader in the skills to have a better life and a better business. I was listening to a podcast this morning, a Canadian podcast by the name of uh, 10, three, 10, the number 10 with a hyphen three, uh, not spelt out in actual numbers. And it was an interview with a Vancouver sun uh, colonist, columnist by the name or reporter, I'm not sure what she is, by the name of Daphne Bramham. I may never get that right, but uh, Daphne Bramham. <clears throat> I thought it was an unusually smart uh, interview that kind of stuck with me. And uh, so I tried to congratulate her on Twitter uh, for that. Anyways, the topic was in East Vancouver. Um, in East Vancouver, which is a, uh, I don't know the area, but a troubled, low-income, uh, drug-addicted um, area, according to this podcast, uh, during COVID, the, the crisis has really exploded. Um, addiction, uh, violence, street violence, uh, theft, break and enter, um, lots of criminal activity, um, uh, rape, um, women's homeless shelters are gone. So there's all sorts of homeless, homelessness uh, beyond the normal homelessness. And so it was a discussion of those, of those issues. And uh, apparently... <clears throat> excuse me, Vancouver City Council, you know, commissioned a report a year or two ago, and they came up with four pillars for solving this opioid addiction um, issue. And, uh, in the podcast, I don't think they told us what the four pillars were, um, but I could kind of infer and I could kind of make it up. It doesn't really matter for the purpose of what I want to discuss, but let's just say that if you have that environment with a bunch of drug addiction and substance abuse issues, so alcohol as well, for example, um, <clears throat> that the four pillars to fixing this would be decriminalization. That was definitely one of them. Um, addiction support, like detox centers, that sort of stuff, maybe clean injection sites. Um, third, housing, because there's a ton of homelessness that goes along with this. And fourth, mental health uh, support, because, you know, since the 1970s, 80s, we've been closing mental uh, hospitals and throwing these people out on the street in effect. And so, again, I don't know that those were the four pillars, but for the sake of discussion, let's say those were the four pillars. And so, you know, picture yourself with a complex problem that you are facing and, um, uh, you know, that, that, that you're a city councillor, you're the mayor, and you've got this report, and you've got these four pillars, and what you decide is, gee, which one of those four pillars is going to get me the most votes, will get written up in the paper, will just make me a rock star in political terms with my 
with my faction, which I, I guarantee you is is the very, very, very liberal left side of this, uh, knowing Vancouver. And so which one of these four pillars should I really focus on? Because I, I just can't see myself getting enough money to, to you know, for a drug criminalization program. Although we all agree that victim drug addicts maybe shouldn't be sitting in jail. Um, you know, I can't do addiction support centers and detox centers. That's a lot of money. And public housing is like a whole other issue. And mental health, like I can't just reverse that overnight. So what's going to get me the most votes, which is what I'm motivated as a politician with my tribe, which are, you know, the left and maybe even the extreme left. Well, the answer becomes decriminalization, right? I mean, that's easy peasy. All I have to do is tell my tell my municipal police uh, police force to not enforce laws like you're seeing in many places in the U.S. And so what do you do? Do you implement the four pillars? No, you, dec- you, you implement one and you do it badly because what does decriminalization really mean? I mean, the goal here ought to be to not put people in jail for smoking weed or having other substance abuse issues, right? That should be the goal. For you. For those of you that just joined, I see there's a couple of people that just joined. This is a test show. I, I We haven't live streamed in about a year, and I'm just trying out the YouTube live stream. Thank you for joining. Hope you find it useful. If it sucks, it's because it's our very first time, and I'm trying it out. Um, so what do you do? You decriminalize to get people so people aren't being put in jail. But, you know, people say, oh, Portugal. Uh, Portugal does this with great success. Yeah, they do. They do it with great success. But it's not a non-issue to be caught with a bunch of drugs in Portugal. You just don't go to jail. You could be fined. Okay, you be you could be forced into a rehabilitation uh, detox uh, program. Um, they go after the dealer still. If you get over a certain amount that you're caught with in possession, then that's deemed to be not personal use. Uh, that means that you're selling, and you do go to jail in Portugal for that. As I think you ought to. And there's a whole uh, infrastructure, a social safety net, so to speak, around addiction that supports all that. So if you're if you're in trouble and you get caught and you don't go to jail, but you do get help, you do get help. And then, so it's the four pillars as, uh, as we just described. But what we do here in America or in other jurisdictions that are looking at this is the politician says, yeah, I'll just do that one thing. I'll just do decriminalization. And by that, I mean, I just won't put people in jail. They don't get fined. I don't go after the dealers. I don't go after anybody. I'm just not putting anybody in jail over weed, basically. Well, it's legal in Canada now, but I'm not putting people in jail over illegal weed. I'm not putting in jail uh, over mushrooms in uh, Colorado. I think that's a municipal thing there now. And so you do the one and you don't do the whole thing. So what happens? Did you solve part of the problem? I mean, you did solve the fact. You solved the fact that people aren't going to jail. But what else have you done? Well, you've made it much worse. You've made the whole addiction, which is the heart of the issue. You've made the whole, nobody would go to jail if they weren't addicted and using a bunch of drugs, right? So over this issue, they wouldn't go to jail. So uh, you've made this worse. Why? Because you've removed friction. What do I mean by that? If you want to solve a complex problem that applies to business, that's why I'm covering it. This isn't a political show. It applies to business. If you want to solve a complex problem, here's the order of events that you need to, to look at. This could be in your life, could be business, could be anything. You need to you need to stop the bleeding, as they say, in the turnaround work. But what you really mean by that is contain the problem. You need to not make the problem worse. Step number one. Step number two is you need to fix the problem. Okay, and you need to specifically die, uh, define what the problem is. And if it's complex, if it's a complex situation like like uh, addiction on the streets leading to all these uh, other things like crime and 
and violence and uh, and homelessness and all that sort of stuff. You need to address those separately, but you need to stop the problem first. Stop feeding the beast, which is creating more addicts, and then fix it. And when you've done some of that, you then need to step number three is revisit where you are because you're never done. You're never done. This is an ongoing, evolving situation. Now, to contain the problem, you need to understand the concept of friction, okay? And friction in any complex situation, if you add some friction to it, you're going to slow it down. If you remove friction, you're going to speed it up. That is a universal fact that is not up for debate, okay, in any situation. Let's say you live in a little... Uh, a little nice uh, neighborhood. It's got some school kids running around on your on your beautiful cul-de-sac street, and or whatever your whatever your circumstance is. And people have been driving through way too fast. They're driving through at forty miles an hour through your neighborhood uh, when you want them to do fifteen miles an hour because there's kids out playing road hockey and tag on the street and that sort of stuff, right? So what are you going to do? And somebody says, "Well, let's put in some speed bumps." Let's put in some speed bumps. And then some other person says, that's that's just stupid. That's not going to work. People will not do 15 miles an hour just because they're speed bumps. Maybe that's true. But they're also not going to do 40 miles an hour. They're going to slow down. That's the concept of friction. Maybe they slow down to 20 miles an hour. Maybe they slow down to 25 miles an hour. Maybe they never get to 15 miles an hour. But they're going a hell of a lot slower than they were. And the kids are safer as a result. Do it reverse, take the speed bumps out because it's not working the way you think. People are going to speed up. You've removed friction from the system. 100% of the time, that's the consequence. Now, let's apply that to a complex uh, to a complex governmental situation. Again, for those of you who joined and are watching live, this is a Martinis with Scott show that we're, I'm just testing the live stream. I've just never, we haven't done this before. Normally, it's pre-recorded, and so we put it on uh and so we, we, we upload it. This, by the way, this live streaming thing saves me like three hours of my life every time I do a show between the editing and the downloading uh, and the uploading from iTunes, I, uh, movie. Anyways, so that's the point of the We're testing. If it sucks, that's the way it is. We'll improve it if, in fact, this is something I want to do. So let's apply this friction concept in the order of solving complex problems. Uh, contain it, number one. Fix it, number two. Revaluate where you are. Number three, let's apply that to <coughs> real-world governmental situations. First thing that comes to mind for me, given the last four years in the U.S., would be illegal immigration and that entire problem. And and it's complicated. It leads to many of the same issues that the opioid addiction, opioid addiction does in East Vancouver and in other places. Right? It can lead to violence. It can lead to unemployment. Not saying it does. It's not a political commentary, but we can all admit that it can lead to violence, can lead to uh, uh, unemployment issues, uh, both with the illegal immigrant and with the people that are already in the U.S. legally. Um, and it can lead to a bunch of bad consequences. So if you apply the formula, contain the problem slash stop the bleeding, fix the problem, uh, and, then, and then revisit, well, how would you do that? And in this situation, it's pretty damn easy. What you would do is 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 you would build the wall, right? Now, I'm not saying the wall has to be a physical wall. I'm not saying you have to support Trump. You can still be a never-Trumper. That's all cool. But you need to stop the inflow of caravans and the free-for-all of people coming into the country um, if you're going to solve the problem. Once you've solved the problem, you can revisit. And you can go back and say, hey, 
how are we doing on this? Maybe we need to create some program to help the people on our southern border. That's all fine with me, but you need to stop the problem if you're ever going to fix anything. So you, so, so you build the wall, virtual, real, whatever the hell you want to do, Mexican troops along the border. How do, you, how do you then fix the problem? Step number two, well, there's lots of ways to go about it, right? You can, you can create the path in, in this particular situation. You can create a path of citizenship. And I know all you conservatives that are listening to me are saying, hey, man, they came here illegally and that shouldn't happen. Well, my, you know, my, they should be thrown out. Well, my personal view is, is no. My personal view is if you're complicit, if your government is complicit in letting these people believe they can just move to the U.S. and never leave, it's kind of on you. It's not on them. Yeah, they technically broke a law, but you haven't been enforcing that law for decades, for decades, right? So now to turn around and say, get the hell out of my country, I'm not buying that. I'm not here to suggest what the solution is. I'm saying if you stop the people from coming in with some sort of virtual or real barrier, and then you and then you fix the problem, throw them all out that are all right here, or my preference, create a path to citizenship, right? Get them healthcare, get them jobs, all that sort of stuff, and then revisit. Revisit is, what are we going to do? Well, revisit is, uh, you know, do we need this wall anymore? Can we have a more tolerant society now that we've dealt with the crisis without recreating the whole problem? Okay, so that's that's an illegal immigration mindset approach to solving this. What about what about the East Vancouver drug situation that I started with? Well, you can't build a wall, right? There's no immediate way that's obvious to... To, to stop the bleeding, to contain that problem right away. Well, then turn to this concept of friction. The more roadblocks you put in the way, okay, the more speed bumps you put in the way, the more that problem is going to just start to dissipate. All right? So what happens if you look at those four pillars as the mayor of Vancouver and you say to yourself, the hell with the other three, I'm just going to legalize. Have you created more friction or have you removed friction? Obviously, You've just removed friction and you're going to have a greater addiction problem. It's math. It's not up for debate. So what do you do? Here's what you do is you understand the concept of friction. And if you want to remove the legalization, okay, sorry, if you want to create legalization and remove the jail terms, then you need to add additional friction to the system so that you're not making your problem worth. Ideally, worse. Ideally, you would do the other four pillars, the other three pillars, and do all four at once, like the plan was. But if you're just going to do one thing right off the bat, you need to increase your friction. And so, if you're going to delegalize, uh, sorry, uh, what's the right word? If you're going to legalize this, decriminalize is the word I was looking for, then there should still be fines. Okay, you should still be going after sellers. Um, you should have some sort of mandatory detox. You could feed one into the other, right? If you've got with a bunch of stuff then you're treated as a victim. Let's help you. Let's get you to detox, okay? I'm, I, I'm all over that sort of stuff, and it creates friction in the system. And once you've created a bunch of friction, now you can start into how do we, how do we fix this problem, which is the other pillars, which are going to take more time and more money, but you need to slow things down. You need to make things better right away and stop creating a bunch of addicts well, you work on getting some more housing for addicts, right? Remember this whole California story, uh, I think it was a year ago, where they they rented a bunch of uh, motel rooms that were empty during COVID and they were sticking homeless people in there who, you know, to a large extent are, have mental issues and, uh, and drug addiction that sort of go hand in hand. There's an example of one pillar uh, or one item being done of removing friction from the system without 
any other context or, or additional friction that may slow down uh, the problem. I always found that story odd. And now that I've listened to this podcast, I kind of get, and I understand these four pillars more or less, I kind of get what that was about. And yet again, how stupid it was. This is an example of why governments screw up almost everything because the political motivation motivation is to decriminalize because that's your biggest bang for the buck politically. But what does it do? You know, to the other person, it just makes the problem worse. This is the same uh, in business. It's the same in your life. Uh, you got a problem. Stop making it worse. Understand the concept of friction. Put some roadblocks in the way. You'll get less of it. Take roadblocks out. You're going to get more of it. Um, so does this live stream tell me how long I've been talking? Uh, it, uh, oh, there we go. 16 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, didn't have any comments, so I didn't get to see how that worked. But I don't know. Uh, tell me uh, when you look at this later. Tell me if you like it. If you like the live stream concept, it's always more fun. And it certainly saves me a bunch of time. And by the way, cheers. If you brought a martini to the table, I'm drinking scotch tonight, but I, w- I was in a hurry. Enjoy your uh, Thursday evening. Hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Except I don't know how to hang up. There we go.